Once energy storage becomes economical and once you couple it with storage, it's a game changer. Hello and welcome to the Solar Maverick Podcast, where solar meets entrepreneurship and experience. I'm your host, Benoit Thanjan. And I'm your co-host, Lee Wang. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Solar Maverick Podcast. I'm your host, Benoit Thanjan. I'm excited to have our host, Lee Wang, here. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's been a really great summer for both of us. Benoit, actually, can you tell the listeners here where you're headed next week? It's pretty cool. Definitely. So I will be in Orlando, Florida. There's a conference called Podcast Movement, which is the biggest podcast conference. It's been an amazing journey. We started this podcast November 15th of last year, and we've been coming out with a weekly episode every Tuesday. If you asked me at August at this time, if I thought I would have a podcast, we were definitely thinking about it. And it's just amazing to see the progress with the podcast. I'm excited to learn a lot of new things with the conference next week. Definitely. So this is going to be kind of the coming out party for the Solar Maverick. (laughs) In the podcast world, it's going to be a lot of people there sharing ideas. Recently, Benoit shared with me a really great piece of content from Gary Vaynerchuk. If you don't know who Gary V is, he is a digital marketing mogul. He actually started near us in, in Springfield at his parents' business called Wine Library. And he started a YouTube channel called Wine Library TV to help his family wine store go online and sell more. And it really worked. And obviously, Gary V has become known for one of the smartest guys in digital marketing. And he was talking on his, where was the source? Was it on, it was for, on Instagram. On Instagram, right. He was talking about how podcasts are a really great medium. You can maximize and get a lot out of it because you're recording it. You can take the transcript, create content from there. You can send clips of it. You can use it on YouTube. So in just one effort, you get a lot of bang for your buck if you're going to put forth a marketing effort. Pretty impressed with that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's huge. And it'll be interesting too. We're actually working on a Solar Maverick YouTube channel, which will be coming out shortly. You'll see more videos of us as well. People have asked to see video content and it's exciting. I think Gary has a lot of great content that he puts on out on video. He's basically videoing himself, I feel like, all the time. And if you don't follow him, he provides a lot of great suggestions and advice. All right, great. And of course, we have to thank our readers. I'm sorry, our listeners. <laughs> I'm used to saying thanking our readers because I used to be a newspaper reporter, so I'm used to thanking my readers. And I used to do a radio show, too, when I was the film critic for the Harrisburg Patient News. So. I actually didn't even... I totally forgot that you are a film critic yeah. back in the day. And I used to watch three movies a day in these big screening rooms. It was pretty good. <laughs> good period. So instead of Siskel and Ebert, it's yeah. Harold and Kumar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up, yes. And I want to thank our listeners this past Tuesday, we had 60% more downloads than the previous Tuesday. Is that a record? Yes, it's Friday here. We're at the Jersey City, our radio studio here. This past Tuesday, we had a record amount of downloads ever, single day downloads, 60% more. Obviously, every Tuesday we come out with the podcast, and it's just amazing to see the growth of the podcast in each day. Even past this Tuesday, we've had a record number as well. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast and their support. And we really can't do it without your feedback and your input. I mean, we're here to serve you, and don't hesitate. Send us any questions, comments, criticisms. It's funny I use the word criticisms here because the book we're about to discuss talks a lot about being able to listen and accept criticism and change. Uh, And Benoit will touch upon that. But yeah, we really do value 
feedback, both positive and negative. We love five-star reviews, though. So if you, <laughs> if you can post a five-star review for us, wherever you post podcast reviews, wherever your favorite venue is, go ahead and uh, we welcome it. Definitely. And we would also like to thank our listeners as well. We did an event last Tuesday, Tuesday, July 30th, which is Jersey City Tech Meetup, which we partnered with my company, Renew Energy, on how solar technology is changing the world. We would like to thank Ben and Joe from Jersey City Tech Meetup for partnering with them. It was a great turnout. We appreciate all the people from the solar industry who came near and far. We also had people who are listeners to the podcast come and then as well other industries who are interested in learning more about solar energy. I also have to thank our panel as well. I was one of the panelists. Our moderator was Suzanne Waters, who's from Renew Energy. She's the vice president of business development and she's been co-host with me on several podcasts. Every one of our panelists has actually been interviewed on the Solar Maverick podcast. Chris Grablitz from PV Pro, Steve Schward from Schward Consulting, and Juan Trulio from Strata Solar. We'll actually be sharing the video of this event very shortly, and also it will be on the Solar Maverick podcast a week or two from now. And people loved it because I really wanted a panel with a range of experience. And really, it was a pretty diverse panel with diverse perspectives. Suzanne and I are more involved in the development and financing. Steve Schwartz involved more on the engineering side. Juan Trulio is an estimator on the construction side. Then Chris Grablitz is involved in the O&M. So you had like all the different stages of the life cycle of a solar project there. So it was very interesting perspectives. Now people have been asking us about our next event. Right now, like our next event is in December, which will be our holiday party. But if you want to partner with us for an event, please reach out to us. The best way to reach out to us is info at renewenergy.com, R-E-N-E-U energy.com. All right. Well, let's dive into our topic today. Recently, there's been a lot of news about energy storage, this mega pack that Tesla's coming out with. But Noy, what's the latest on energy storage and what can you give us today? There's a lot going on with energy yeah. storage. It's hard to just kind of define it to one thing. But it was interesting. We have obviously a range of listeners who listen to the podcast. And energy storage is going to be a game changer specifically for both intermittent power, basically solar and wind. We're basically, right now, we can't store the energy when it's produced if it's not being used. So basically, like the formal definition of energy storage, this is from Wikipedia, is the capture of energy produced at one time for use at a later time. A device that stores energy is generally called an accumulator or battery. Energy comes in multiple forms, including radiation, chemical, gravitational potential, electric potential electricity, elevated temperance, latent heat, and kinetic. Energy storage involves converting energy from forms that are difficult to store to more conveniently or economically storable forms. Once energy storage becomes economical and once you couple it with storage, it's a game changer. Basically, you could produce energy locally instead of being dependent on a power plant, then it going through transmission and distribution networks or lines and connections. And then basically that's how the electricity is transmitted. You will still obviously have transmission distribution lines in your traditional power plant. 
But this really kind of helps with being more independent from the grid. It also helps with the reliability. I guess the best way to look at it is like landlines and cell phones. Right. You needed like the infrastructure with the landline and then basically what energy storage allows, you could be decentralized versus kind of having a central network and then connecting it. So it's huge for countries that don't have already like electricity infrastructure, particularly in emerging countries. And then obviously in the US, like we haven't upgraded the transmission and distribution grid in a long time. Energy storage is a great way to help with bringing energy back into the grid. It's a lot faster for energy to come from an energy storage unit than say like having a peaker natural gas plant. We are seeing more blackouts. If Mm -hmm. anyone was in New York two weeks ago on a or three weeks ago on a Saturday from Midtown to on the west side, there was a power outage from two to three. It was a pretty major. And you would think, wow, 2019, how is that kind of still happening? But obviously I haven't been part of the whole process, but obviously there's reliability issues and the transmission and just being overworked. So energy storage is a huge opportunity and it's exciting to see what's happening with that. Yeah, so with Tesla jumping in here, making waves. They're claiming that their new utility-scale battery, their product can offer a 60% increase in energy density after the successful use of its power pack utility-scale and business energy storage systems. In your opinion, I know you have a history with Elon and Tesla. Is this hype, or is this something you think that could make a real impact just because of their reach and their influence on the market? I don't think it's hype. I never, first of all, bet against Elon Musk. Yeah. I actually used to work at Solar City, which was one of Elon Musk's companies, and I used to work for his cousin, Lyndon, and I've met Elon before. But I think this is a huge opportunity. Really, Tesla has built the Gigafactory, and what they've been able to do is the whole creation of the battery process they're able to do in one location. And then the prices of these type of batteries have gone down exponentially. Specifically, the technology that they're using is lithium ion. And what we're seeing is the same decreases in solar panels we're seeing actually in lithium ion technology. And that's what Tesla is actually using. And they're also actually planning to actually open another gigafactory in China. Mm -hmm. China had the requirement that they had to open source their technology. And basically, Tesla has no problem with You could easily go online and actually see their technology, which is interesting because a lot of other companies wouldn't do that. Basically, what we've seen is the cost of lithium ion technology, as I said, has decreased substantially. Like, Right now, this is according to SEPA, lithium-ion batteries account for roughly 90% of the stationary storage deployed today due to significant declines in lithium-ion battery pricing and characteristics such as the 90% round-trip efficiency. The base case for certain lithium-ion storage applet has become more attractive as the price of lithium-ion storage has declined by 72.9% percent since 2013. So that's huge price reductions that we are seeing in lithium ion technology. That's the technology that Tesla is using. I mentioned before, actually we kind of talked about this for capacity, this Tesla mega pack is what they're doing for basically to replace sort of peaker plants, which I told you it takes actually a longer period of time for your traditional peaker power plant, which is usually like a natural gas plant to come in and basically provide that energy when the grid needs more energy. So I think it's a huge opportunity. They said that they're actually partnering with PG&E 
which is Pacific Gas and Electric, to deploy several of these mega packs at Moss Landing on Monterey Bay in California, which is one of four locations where the California plans to install more cost-effective energy storage solutions. So I think it's a huge opportunity. I'm not surprised that Tesla's in the forefront of it. So prices are going down, capacity and efficiency is increasing. Has that recent combination of factors sort of accelerated from what you've seen the uh, advancement of storage? Definitely. And there are a couple other actually factors and trends. This actually podcast, I had the idea for it based on a company called Nikola Power, which basically created a blog where they did an energy storage mid-year snapshot. But a lot of snapshot of what's kind of going on in the industry. But I think one of the big things is state legislation is actually prioritizing energy storage adoption because the transmission distribution network needs to be upgraded to find alternative ways of bringing capacity in the market. We've talked about in previous podcasts about states with 100% renewable energy goals and then both, like for example, Massachusetts and New York have adjusted their renewable energy programs so that projects, including storage, are valued higher. I talked about how um, Massachusetts has a smart program and they have an adder if you couple solar plus storage. We talked about battery prices dropping. Also, the adoption of electric vehicles as well is becoming more common and there'll be increasing need for solar plus storage because of that. And then really the solar market too is growing exponentially as well. So you're getting a lot of intermittent power that's coming onto the grid. You really need kind of storage to help basically even out how much power is coming in. There's a thing called the duck curve, which we've talked in the past, which is very common in California, where before it used to be the peak times, there was a lot of sunlight that electricity used to be higher, but that's actually changed because there's so much solar that's been incorporated into the grid. So it's just really interesting because now peak times is actually later in the day. At another podcast, we could go into more detail about the duck curve. So those are the other sort of major trends that we're seeing. Obviously, everyone's looking to incorporate it both on the utility scale side with standalone storage, but also commercial industrial building owners are asking us about whether they could add storage for like reliability purposes and whether it makes sense. It's still challenging in a lot of states to make it economical. Even residential customers, even though we don't work on the residential side, also would like some sort of battery solution. So those are kind of the major trends that we're seeing related to energy storage. I think in the next two to three years, you're going to see a lot of substantial declines in the price of lithium ion, making it more economical, coupled with storage. We think as well, the investment tax credit that we've talked about in the past they're thinking of incorporating standalone storage as part of the investment tax credit. Now you can use it if it's coupled with solar or another renewable energy technology, if it's only using that renewable energy technology. So it's pretty exciting to see. We've been talking about this for a very long time and it seems to be happening. It'll be happening faster than we know it. And and there probably are other technologies out there other than lithium ion that might take more traction over time. But right now, lithium-ion technology is the most popular. So in the next two or three years, will we see Benoit driving an electric car? Definitely. I got off the wait list for the Tesla 3, mm-hmm. and I've been debating about whether buying it or not. Yeah. But I know in two or three years, there's so many manufacturers coming with electric vehicles. By the way, I'm biased toward Tesla yeah. electric vehicles, but I have like a car that's for those that don't, for those time. that don't know, for our listeners out there that don't know, 
I've ridden in Benoit's car. Uh, we went to the game together in his car, and it runs really well, but it's about 10 years old. It's a 2004 Honda Accord 175,000 miles on it. So again, goes to show, our CEO, the man behind the scenes here, <laughs> he is a very smart man for not sinking his money into his car, which is obviously a depreciating asset once once you drive it off the lot. So kudos to Benoit. Saving an Earth, keeping his fuel. Honda's a pretty efficient car, so he's doing his best. Yeah, definitely. I'm a minimalist as well, and Lee and I are joked about how we're trying to be more minimalist. So yeah, that's part of the reason why I keep the car. I don't really drive that much as well, but it's great to have one, and i rather take the money and invest it into other things than have a really nice car. But I love like the Tesla, and if anyone hasn't test drove it, it's pretty amazing, and the autopilot feature, and the parking, and the technology. So that's the hard part, that I love like the newest gadgets and technologies, and I've been holding on back on the Tesla. I've been going back and forth about it. I think it, one but. thing that I didn't realize about the Tesla is also performance-wise and safety-wise, so incredible too. One of the features is in a crash, it has a lot of capacity to absorb damage and just the braking, everything is a hugely safe car. So when I shop for cars, I have young kids, so I'm thinking safety. So that hugely impresses me that not only is it so good for the environment, that it's a great car. Yeah, and I think that's the hard part for me because obviously I think safety is the most important thing for a car. So that's the debate that I've been going through is like, I should buy a Tesla based on safety and the technology versus the car that I have. Well, as long as we can get to the game, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no one knows all the shortcuts to get to the stadium. Yeah, so to the that's, stadium. That's, that's all that I'm matters. a Giants season ticket holder, and Lee yeah. and I make our yearly pilgrimage to the Giants. Yeah, season. so we're excited. Football started, preseason at least, so great time of year for us. Anything else you'd like to cover about the storage issue now that we haven't talked about? That's pretty high level about storage. There's so many different aspects to talk about with storage, standalone storage, utility scale storage, solar plus storage, utility scale, and then also commercial industrial. That maybe it actually makes sense, actually, now that I think about it, to create different podcasts just focusing on that unique. Well, what I wanted to ask you is. So in the real life situation, right? So we, we had these energy shortages in New York City about three weeks ago, like you mentioned. How would better storage and access to that energy help in that situation on a practical level in the future? How would that manifest? That happened in Con Ed service territory, and Con Ed has been incentivizing and New York State and New York City to get more storage to come up. And what would have happened was that depending how strategically it was located, the grid would have went back on like faster and there would have been more reliability, I think. Obviously, I don't know the details of it, and Con Ed is still investigating the <laughs> sure, situation. Sure they are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. it's crazy to me if you think about it. 2019, yeah. Manhattan on a Saturday, and it wasn't actually that hot. Right. We actually then had a heat wave after that. The power went out. There's no excuses on a Saturday evening. And obviously, we think storage. You hear that, Con Ed? The Solar Maverick says there's no excuses. <laughs> yeah, the opinions expressed by the Solar Maverick are not necessarily <laughs> the opinions expressed by Benoit Thangent because we do work with Con Ed yeah. and they're great. They're great. Sorry, Con Ed. You're, you're great. <laughs> so, Benoit, actually, this is a perfect segue. 
We've been really wanting to share with our listeners some of the great books that we've been reading. The summer's been a great run for me. We talked about minimalism. I read a book called On Minimalism. I forget the title. I just I think I passed it on to you, but uh, something nice, to, a good minimalist title. You've been telling me about this great book called Ego is the Enemy. And can you tell our listeners a little bit about this book and, and why you think it's important? Yeah, definitely. So the book is called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. He also has another great book and a couple of great books, Obstacle is the Way. So basically, ego is the enemy puts forth the argument that often our biggest problems are not caused by external factors such as other people or circumstances. Instead, our problems stem from our own attitude, selfishness, and self-absorption. In other words, introducing ego into a situation often prevents us from being rational, objective, and clear-headed. And this is based on principles of Stoicism by an emperor called Marcus Aurelius, who was a Roman emperor. I guess the summary of this book is to be a perpetual student. It'll keep you modest. Don't hog tasks at work. Be a team player. Reflect honestly on your performance when you get surprising results. I think the hard thing in life is we all have our own ego and our own biases and are looking at the world from our perspective. So it's hard to think rationally about situations and we let our emotions get the best of us at times. So the more you can control your ego and the way you think things, I think you would find this interesting actually, Lee, is that Ryan Holiday posted a picture that every Browns player in the locker room received this book and the obstacles is the way yesterday actually before practice. Is that a page from Belichick? Yeah, so okay. actually the other thing too was Bill Belichick actually had all the Patriots players read this book. And this is something that I'm trying to get into is stoicism. And all of Ryan Holiday's books that I've read have been pretty amazing. And to listen to him speak in his videos and stuff, it's pretty amazing. Actually, I think he's having like a live event in New York in October that I'm going to try to make because I've been very impressed with him. The more I think about it, the more I realize for myself how much my own ego gets in the way. I mean, it's hard to reflect upon and really be honest with yourself about that. I mean, I had a client who I disagreed with. I didn't like the changes she was suggested for a website I was creating. And I have to admit, luckily it didn't manifest in our interactions, but at first I was very almost angry, like almost offended. How could someone tell me the way to do something that I think I'm an expert in? And hey, I might not put it on my portfolio, but no one needs to know that, right? So I really had to step, remove my ego from the situation and just accomplish what she as a client wanted to get done. And it was hard, but I'm much better for it. I think we're both ending the week on a strong note instead of carrying over any resentment. But yeah, this is a great topic. It's tough. Most of us cannot release ourselves from our perceptions of ourselves and submit ourselves to learning. Um, longest time, I was like, man, what, what are these people selling these video tutorials online for? What can I learn? And the more I dug into some of this coursework, man, I realized I, I don't know anything. Once you kind of say that, you can wipe your sla- uh, blank slate, wipe, wipe your slate clean and, and know that you can start at zero. I mean, that's where you... I started feeling the real power. I think it's amazing. I can't wait to read this book, actually. Yeah, definitely. It's a great book. And I think the one other topic that we wanted to cover in this podcast is defend the solar investment tax credit. Oh, yeah. Tell us about how we can do that. Yeah, so 
just to give a brief background, if people don't know, the investment tax credit is basically a credit to the cost of the solar system. It's a 30% investment tax credit. It used to be a cash grant, a 1603 Arrera grant. It's now basically you have to have a tax appetite to take advantage of it. There's this and five-year makers depreciation for solar projects, which represent the ITC or the investment tax credit represents 30%. And then basically five-year makers depreciation represents about 20 to 30% of the total project costs. So basically from federal incentives, 50 to 60% of the cost of the system is actually paid for by these federal incentives. The incentives actually, the investment tax credit is supposed to actually step down. So for commercial industrial, in 2019, it's currently 30%, but then next year it's going to 26%. Then 2021, it's 22%. And then 2022, commercial industrial will be 10% and residential will be zero. So it's been a huge incentive for the solar industry. And it's been exciting, actually, what happened the past few days. The House and Senate introduced legislation for a five-year extension of the solar investment tax credit. That happened Thursday, July 25th, 2019. Senator Catherine Cortez Maestro and Representatives Mike Thomas and Paul Cook and Brian Fitzpatrick introduced companion bills with a five-year 30% extension of Section 48 and Section 25D of the Solar Investment Tax Credit. Please reach out to your representative and lawmakers to pass this critical legislation. This has created a lot of jobs and infrastructure in the U.S. Obviously, our president is not pro-solar, so hopefully, though, we could have this law pass. This is actually a quote from Abigail Ross Hopper. She's the president and CEO of Solar Energy Industry Association, SEIA, which my company, Renew Energy, is a member of. Since 2005, when the ITC was first passed by the Republican-led Congress and signed into law by President George W. Bush, the ITC has created hundreds of thousands of jobs, sparked more than $40 billion in private investment, and helped solar grow by more than 10,000%. By the way, if you don't know, all energy assets in the U.S. have some sort of incentive. It's not just like renewables. Unfortunately, we talked on a previous podcast about the master limited partnership structure that a lot of other that energy investments normally use that solar doesn't qualify for that. So definitely reach out to your lawmakers and urge them to pass this critical legislation at this critical time. All right. That's great. This wraps up our episode of The Solar Maverick. Any previews for any upcoming episodes that you give people heads up on? Yeah, definitely. So we have a lot of interesting and exciting episodes. I mentioned about the live podcast that we did with Jersey City Tech Meetup that'll come the next week or two. We're actually working as well on a solar and cannabis podcast. Record download day. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a record download day. And we're working to have actually different people within the solar and cannabis industry speak about that. We're also having another community solar. We had a community solar 101, which was an intro with Suzanne Waters. We're going to do community solar 201, which is more advanced. I spoke at a solar conference in Philadelphia a few weeks ago. We're also going to have a community solar New York specific podcast as well. We have a lot of exciting guests coming up as well, which I will disclose at a later date. If you're interested in sponsoring or being a guest on the podcast, we have been referred to people or people reach out directly to us. The best way to reach us out is info at R-E-N-E-U Energy. We're also working on a Solar Maverick YouTube channel. We're also going to totally build out the Solar Maverick 
podcast website. I'm looking at Lee when I say this. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so we appreciate your support. And I'm sure we're going to have a lot of creative ideas as well after coming back from the podcast conference in Orlando next week. We appreciate your support. All right. Until next week, have a great trip. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and leave us a five-star review. That helps us build this community, and that's what we're all about right now, building this community as big as we can to deliver as much value as we can. Thank you.